Hi, it's Pete Price. My podcast this week is with Denise Bulger, now Denise Fergus, and Stuart, who runs the charity. What charity? In the name of James Bulger, 1993, the world changed and never, ever was the same because of the murder of a two-year-old little boy. Channel 5 have done a documentary over two nights, The Ultimate Story, telling every side of the story. This is Denise talking to me on Liverpool Live. Liverpool Live. Hi, Pete. You're okay? I am indeed. Well, my love, um, we've got the ultimate documentary on Wednesday and Thursday on Channel 5 called The Killing of James Bulger. 12th of February, the world never changed and it just fell apart that day on 1993. First of all, why why have you got involved with this? Because you're involved with this one, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very much involved in it. I was involved, uh, I said Jet Street away because the way they described the way the documentary was going to be, I thought it was a really good idea. And I've never really done a documentary like this before. I have done a lot of documentaries in the past. Um, the latest one was with Trevor McDonald's, which was absolutely amazing. But this one, it's different because I'm getting to see um, you know, what's behind... You know, the jobs that the police do. Um, when James first went missing, obviously the police were called in. But you you feel like you're on your own when a child's missing. You feel like no one cares. And, you know, it, it's just, it's a horrible, devastating time. But it's only now that you're there back after all these years how the police actually dealt with it at the time. You, you can hear it in the voices in the documentary, just how much it affected them. Um, it, it was just, it was heartbreaking to see and, you know, you, you just don't see it at the time, but now I'm realising that they've done an absolutely amazing job at the time by keeping their feelings to themselves. They were there to look after me to try and get James back and it, it, it's just, it's just turned a new leaf for me really just to see just how they dealt with it and how they're still dealing with it to this day. You watched it. Were you shocked at any of it? I was, I was shocked. At, you know, again, I was shocked to see the reactions on, you know, everyone who was involved in the case at the time to see their faces, um, and you know, you could clearly see that they were devastated of what happened to them. Um, they've done an absolutely amazing job. I can't stress that enough. Um, but more importantly, it was I. Over the years, I've always brought our lads up to kind of know James in the best way I possibly could have done by telling them the little memories that I know in a short life that I shared everything with them and I thought you know I've done a good job with teaching them what James was like and I thought that you know they grew to new James in you know the best way I could possibly teach them but listening to what the lads have to say in that documentary basically took me back because I've never ever heard my lads speak in the way they spoke in that documentary and it, it was <sighs> It was heartbreaking, but also a relief for me because they, I could see in their faces and hearing their voices just, you know, how much they care for me. And, you know, I know now their feelings about James and I, and I know, you know, what way to angle it more now. And I just thought that the three of them done an amazing job. That's interesting you say that because they've grown up, of course, with James and you've never forgotten and never will forget. So to have them on record, it must have been 
a, a smiley bit for you thinking, I've done the right thing, I've taught them everything about James, they've taken it in, they've got their own opinion because they're, you know, they're their own men and yeah. now they've, they've told you on air how they feel about it. So it must have been, as you say, a relief, but it must have been also heartwarming for you. It was it was really hard to hear what they had to say because I did sit there with them on all the interviews that he's done. Um, I thought they were very brave on what he's done. I give them the choice of they weren't forced into doing it. Uh, no one forced them into saying anything that they didn't want to say. The, the words that they spoke were truly from their own heart. Uh, but just listen, sitting in and listening to what they had to say, I mean, it did bring tears to my eyes. And, you know, seeing them all growing up and I'm thinking they're talking about the brother that they never even met. Yeah. It was, it was just, it, it was, it, it was our patient. The other thing about your children is, and I've watched it, and understandably, you have been fiercely protective with them, haven't you? Well, I definitely have. I mean, understandably so, yeah, because of what happened to James. Every time I went out shopping, I wouldn't go on my own. Uh, I'd have to have Stuart or a member of my family with me to go out shopping because of the fear of it happening again, Um yeah, I have protected them the best way I possibly could. I wouldn't let them play out or I wouldn't let them go anywhere on their own. If they need to go to pictures, pictures to see a film with one of the friends, she would always drive them there and also pick them up to bring them home. So, yeah, I mean, it's just something that I've had to live with and I'm, I'm so glad that the lads are able to understand in the way that I have to deal with stuff and the way, you know, I, I brought them up. We're looking back... Where have you got your strength from before you had the other children? Where have you got your strength from? I seriously don't know. My mum was a strong woman, so I think I've inherited from her a lot. Um, no, she didn't have to deal with anything that I've had to deal with. But I, I think, I get, you know, there was times where I did want to give up. I'm not going to lie about that. But the amount of support that I've had over these from the public, it's just been absolutely amazing. I think... A majority of it has come from them because the amount of messages of support still get to this day to say, you know, keep up the fight, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. You know, that, that gives me the push to carry on and go on to do what I want to do and fight the fight that I need to fight. Now, within the documentary, I, I as you know, I spoke um, uh, to um, Nick and, and uh, Craig about the documentary um, and... The, there was a few negative remarks around at the time. Have you dealt with that within the documentary? No, that's something that you really can't come to terms with because, you know, I've been through a lot in life with losing James himself. And, you know, before I lost James, I had the little girl. She was, you know, she was a stillbirth. Oh, listen to the, the next of comments, like I was out shoplifting, that was totally, totally untrue. There's something I'd never, ever do. Um, even like some people were saying that I was into drugs, I was taking drugs, that's something else I'd never do. Uh, you know me now, Pete, and you know if I was lying and yeah, you, yeah. if you were face to face with me, I think you put your arms around me, you, you'd say, I know you, you never done any of them things. So for them, any negative comments, yeah, it still does there, but you know, it's, you've got to take it on the chin and, you know, move on, move on from it, move away from it, because I know in myself that they're not true, they're all lies. So the whole documentary really is a complete... Is this the ultimate? Can anything be done after this? 
Well, you know what, that's a, a question I can't really answer because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, who knows what Thompson's going to do next, who knows what Venables is going to do next because there's going to be a day where he is going to be released. Now, rehabilitation hasn't worked for him, so every, every man he is released, who's to say? Because he's now used to being in, in a prison and getting protected and po- properly protected, who's to say he's not going to come out and do something? I'm hoping he doesn't, but something serious again because he's now used to living the life that he's living, he's looked at, that he's not looking over his shoulder, he's not fearing for his life. So, you know, I, I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question. I just take each day as it comes. And I've always said that if there's a fight there to be fought for James, then I am going to do yeah. because I am James's voice. Within the documentary, have you talked about the charity? We have spoke about the charity, yeah. Um, that, that's sort of else that we're having to deal with at the moment now. The charities, you know... But, like every other charity, but we're struggling now yeah, because yeah. of the pandemic that we've you know, we've gone through. And the past 12 months, we've lost so much money. She would sit next to me now and he's going to come in to speak more about that. But we have lost so much money and we're hoping and praying that the charity is going to survive this. But without the donations, we seriously don't think it could. Denise, let me talk to you. Yeah, hi, Peter. Hi, um, so tell us about the charity. Tell us how it was formed and, and what the aims of the charity are. Okay, so obviously, if you know the needs, she always has that, that care and feeling about people. And over the years, she's done many charities, she supported people. And it came to a point, as you tell if you know, we were involved in another charity a long time ago. And then Denise decided she wanted to go and do something solely in James's name. So we sat down together um with the likes of Chris Johnson, obviously, who's sadly no longer here. Um, and then we decided, obviously, the idea would be to have a holiday home, to give people the respite breaks that the families deserve. Um, we had quite a wide spectrum of how to deal with it. For people who were going through bullying, bereavements, victims of crime, um, and obviously we got the caravan, um, we ticked all the boxes, and everyone was going great. We'd done the uh, documentary of Trevor McDonald's, and do you know what? It was unbelievable. The amount of love and care that was coming through the emails, but not just that, it was the donations. And that helped us get a bigger and better lodge to give families a more nicer time in James's name and memory. Um, we had so many things planned for the last year, because obviously it would have been James's 30th birthday. Um, and virtually the night before our main black time tiara ball, obviously Boris pulled the plug on everything and yeah. put us all into lockdown. Lucky enough, the hotel that we work with didn't obviously ask for us for any money or nothing like that because obviously we can't have the feeling something might be going on. And at the time, we all thought it was going to happen for like, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and we'll all be back to normal. Well, that hasn't certainly happened. So all the events we've had, we've had to put on hold. And obviously the main way the charity runs is basically do the fundraising of the events all people doing their own little events for us and everyone's been put on hold. So I think through last year, yeah. the charity's probably lost around about £70,000. Um, I know obviously they're talking about this year we're going to come out of it. And, but in all honesty, like one of the main events we had as well was Kids Fest. Eight to 10,000 people came to that when we had the last one. Yeah. That can't happen again. We know there's going to be obviously uh, things put in place for obviously... COVID safety and stuff like that. So that amount of people can't be be put together. So that's not going to happen this year. So 
we are really worried about what's going to happen again this year. Obviously, just hoping we can still try and do something just to obviously yeah. keep the charity going to help more people for next year than that. How can people help you? How can they find you? Um, well, again, you know, we're on social media. Um, obviously, we've got the website as well, which is www.4james.org. Um, they obviously, you know, there is a shop page, there is a donation page, and obviously they can contact us if they've got ideas that they want to try and help us with. It, it's mostly me to answer the emails, but obviously, again, because of the way this is going on, you know, we haven't had any volunteers in the office, so we can't do nothing like that. So if people do want to get in touch or they've got an idea, please get in touch, yeah. Um, we are a bit worried, and obviously if it carries again, as last year is for this year, then you know, there's going to be, like... A bit of a struggle for yeah. big time. Sorry about that. Right, can I ask you what your views were watching the programme? It's going out on uh, Channel 5, it's going out on Wednesday and Thursday, it's the killing of James Bulger, it is the penultimate, I mean, it's, it's got everything in it. What, what, tell, tell us your views on it, watching it. Well, again, obviously, over the years, I've seen Denise doing many different um, programmes, documentaries, you know, no radio interviews, newspapers, magazines. It's quite strange with this documentary. Um, the way they've, they've filmed it, it's a really new style. It's very edgy. It's really good. Um, and again, the people came forward, the emotion they speak. And to be honest with you, there's, there's one means these obviously sat down to watch it together. There's a fair bit of evidence in there that came out that we never realised about. Now, maybe, obviously, over the years, Denise has been told, and obviously she's just put it to the back of her mind. But um, the lads and the production team behind it have really gone into it deep to, like, try and make this one a different style documentary, and it really is. It's a good watch. And again, with, obviously, the three lads being on it, and, yeah, it was it was strange to see them talking about James in the manner they did. But it was actually quite nice as well to um, speak about the mum, the way they did. Yeah. It was uh, usually in our house, it's like, no, mum's where, where's me washing, put the tea, <laughs> this, that and the other, but to actually hear them sitting down and speak about Denise and yeah. the way they did, it was really, really nice and comforting. Stuart, before I go back to Denise, tell me again, how can they uh, help you if they get if get the chance? I know you're looking for ideas and some donations. Where can they find you again? Okay, so obviously across social media, again, if you probably just type in James Boulder Charity, you'll find obviously the verified pages. Or the easiest way is to go to the website forjames.org, that's F O R James.org, um, and go onto the contact page, and again, the emails will come across to us. And congratulations to you as well. Can I speak to the grandmother, please? Tell me how, I mean, any any mum having a, a grandchild is something, but you, this must have been something really magical that you couldn't put into words. Well, to be quite honest with you, Michael and Liam were quite scared to tell me um, that they were going to have this baby, and it did take them a long time to confront me because Michael didn't know what way I was going to take it. But when they told me the news, I just screamed all over the house. I just couldn't be happier. Um, and when I looked at Michael's face, he was looking at me as like I was a lunatic because he thought I was going to be the opposite way. You know, you should live your life and this, that, you know, old school thing. Yeah, yeah. But because, you know, I was going to be a grandmother for the first time, I was just so 
so overjoyed. And when they come and told me that it was going to be a little girl, I was even more, yeah, I just couldn't wait. And yeah, we have spoiled Ted and she's a little doll and we haven't seen her much because the circumstances yeah, that we're living yeah, in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we can't wait to spend, once we're out of this, we can't wait to spend many, many days, hours and weeks with her. We just absolutely adore her. We've got pictures on in the outside as you She's just adorable. She's a little doll. I love the picture that you had with her. Uh, just to, well, it brought a tear to me. I told you that. That uh, yeah. wow. Tell me on Wednesday and Thursday on Channel Five, this program's on. What do you want people? Uh, first of all, we never forget James. I know you. You certainly want that. But what do you want people to take from watching this program? Because it's going to be a hard watch. I just want people to think of James as the little person, the little lovable, bouncy boy that he was, and not just a picture. Um, I'm hoping that I've shared James's memories with a lot of people over the years. I'm hoping that, you know, they, they understand that James was a little person and he did exist. And again, he wasn't that little picture, that picture that, that's always getting posters and printers around. Um, but more importantly, I want people to remember what they, those, those two did to him. I don't care whether they, they were 10, 12. I don't care the age. They knew what they were doing that day. So I want people to remember that as well. They were out to take a child that day, and that's exactly what they'd done. If it hadn't been James, it would have been someone else's child. Um, they knew what they were doing. And I'm sick of hearing people saying, but they were only 10 second chances and this, that, and the other. How many chances... Have they got to be given? They've been given chance after chance. And I'm hoping people now listen to me and what I'm saying, because I said years ago, if they weren't properly punished for the crime that they committed, they will go on to commit more. And Venables has done just that. Have their families ever tried to get hold of you? No, no, they haven't. And even if you did, Pete, to be quite honest with you, I wouldn't want to listen to a word that they, they have to say anyway, because, you know, it's not going to bring James back. Words from their dirty mouths is not going to bring James back. Uh, I'm sick of hearing, you know, they come from bad upbringings. There's loads of kids out there that come from bad upbringings, but doesn't mean to say that they go on to kill the kids. I want people to know as well that they went and murdered animals before they took James's life. So they knew exactly what they were doing and they intended to do that that day. Denise? You've been very strong yet again. We've become great mate stewards. And Denise, thank you so much for talking to me. I'm going to watch it. Um, it changed my life, as you know, in 1993. Yeah, yeah, it changed my life forever and ever. And uh, I thank you for coming on tonight. No, I want to thank you, Pete, for letting me be the voice of James for all these years on your show. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you would like to subscribe, which costs you nothing at all, please do so. It's Pete Price, Liverpool Lives Podcast. Liverpool Live.